This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Sunday. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, here to recap an ugly game for the New York Jets as they fall to the Miami Dolphins 30 to nothing in South Florida. The Jets fall to 5-9 and nine on the season, so they have clinched a ninth straight losing season, a game that was uncompetitive, a game that as much fun as last week was when the Jets blew the Houston Texans out 30-6, to six, this game was every bit as brutal to watch as a New York Jets fan. You know, I think sometimes when you, you go on the ro- road, you have to withstand the opponent's initial charge. Sometimes the opponent comes firing out of the gate. They're making big plays. They're landing body blows. And you just have to figure out a way to hold on. Somebody needs to step up and make a big play to stall, stall the momentum. If you just hang tough, you know, if you make it through the first quarter in striking distance, if you make it through the first half in striking distance, you give yourself a chance to win the game. And what happened in this one is the complete opposite for the New York Jets. This game was pretty much over. I mean, by pretty much by early in the second quarter, uh, the disaster began on a ca- catastrophic uh, play action fake where nobody blocked their guy up front. Defenders were on Zach Wilson right at the start. Wilson tries to throw the ball away, which you know, one of the issues Zach still has, and you know, is he's made some progress this year in a lot of areas, but one of the issues he has sometimes is he tries to throw the ball away too late, where there are moments where he just has to take the sack. He tries to throw it away. He fumbles. Jeff Stevens actually looked like they were going to get a stop there. They stopped the Dolphins on first and second down, but then uh, Raheem Mostert scored on third down to give Miami a 7-0 lead. Jets get the ball back. And then they, the offense stalls out and they run a fake punt. And I got to be honest with you, I did not have an issue with the fake punt per se. They were kind of close to midfield in a game where you're undermanned, where you have to try and steal a possession or two. You know, a fake punt's not a terrible call. The issue is that I think had to be some sort of mechanism where somebody could see at the line of scrimmage that the Dolphins were set up to defend it well and it wasn't going to work. And there has to be some sort of mechanism where they can call it off and just say, we're going to punt this ball because Miami is not giving us a look that's conducive to this working. So the Jets, you know, mess that up. Dolphins get a short field. They get a field goal. It's 10-0. Jets offense does nothing again. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa finds Jalen Waddle deep on DJ Reed. It's 17-0. The game's over. So this game, if, if this was a boxing match, it would be a first-round knockout. The Jets were not able to hang around. It's just a really disappointing performance coming off a big win last weekend against the Houston Texans. Now, I'll be honest with you. I was not expecting the Jets to win this game. In fact, I think that the the discussion around this team, especially in the New York media this week, was not really something that made a whole lot of sense. We know the Jets are not a very good team. They had a great game last week, but we've had close to a full season of football that tells us this is not a very good New York Jets team. The narrative going into this week from a lot of people in the New York media is, will the Jets win out? We've seen this team all season long. We saw their ability to put together a five-game winning streak. We knew Miami was a better team. and None of this was a surprise. I don't think that... Anybody should have expected the Jets to win this game. And even if the Jets won out, you know, there was this talk, the Jet, can the Jets win out and sneak into the playoffs? There was no path for the Jets to make the playoffs even if they won out. This is a team that's now 5-9. and nine. They have the second worst point differential in the AFC. They have trailed in over 70% of actual game time this year. They've been behind in the score. You know, these are not things. In three of their five wins, the opponent had an 80% chance to win with less than 10 minutes in the fourth quarter, if you look at, like, some of the analytics. So none of this should be a big surprise. You know, anybody who was expecting last week to be a huge turn of events, I don't think that they were being very realistic. I understand that, you know, the media has to try and hype the Jets up to try and keep attention on a team that's having a disappointing season, a team that's really not that good. But, you know, looking realistically, the season ended long ago. I said it at the time last weekend, and I think it proved to be true. 
that you, the game against the Texans is one. You just enjoy it while it lasts. It was a, an oasis in a lost season. Even not expecting the Jets to play very well, even not expecting the Jets to win. And I understand Miami did not even have Tyreek Hill. I understand they were banged up on the offensive line. This was a troubling performance. This is not the kind of performance you wanted. You could be the undermanned team. You can be the lesser team. You can still more show more fight than the Jets did in this game. Nobody stepped up when the Jets needed a big play. When the Jets, when this game was hanging by a thread, Miami made a big play. Miami got a big play whenever they wanted. This was not a Jets team that showed a lot of fight. This Jets offensive line turned in maybe one of the worst offensive line performances I've ever seen in the first half. I mean, I, I'm not sure when I go back and watch the film, I'm not convinced I'm going to go back and see a single play where somebody did not blow an assignment up front. This was the defense, the defense, which is supposed to be the strength, did not show up. This was just an utterly, utterly catastrophic performance. And, you know, if you were trying to save Robert Sala's job, if you were trying to save Nathaniel Hackett's job, if you were trying to save Joe Douglas's job, there's not a lot you can look at from that game and feel good about. This was a horrible, horrible performance. And I'm not going to say the Jets season was on the line because the season was already lost long ago. And the Jets have lost to plenty of bad teams this year. We knew this was a bad team. And part of it's the coaching, part of it's the way it was constructed. But losses like this, first of all, they undo all the good of last weekend. You know, we can forget about all the good feelings after the win over the Houston Texans. That's gone. We're in for another long week here as we head into the holiday weekend next weekend. But even worse than that, you know, if you're trying to find some way to salvage this thing, if you're trying to find some way to talk yourself into the get people in charge right now. I think it became a lot tougher to do in this game. And a lot of it goes back to once again, the offensive performance, the offense gives you gives you absolutely nothing. We're going to go into some of the culprits as we continue this Sunday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn. You know, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I'll tell you, there are a couple of people on the Jets coaching staff who might need to dust off their resume after this season. If the Jets keep playing like that, they may turn to LinkedIn Jobs to find some new coaches. Well, you should know that LinkedIn is not just another jobs board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. And they've even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now, Based on what we saw this afternoon, I'm not so sure I would put money down on the Jets winning, but plenty plenty of other NFL action on FanDuel. Maybe the Jets won't be favored. Maybe you think the Jets can shake themselves, uh, shake off this bad loss. Maybe you think they can reclaim th their form against the Houston Texans when they return home against the Washington Commanders next weekend. Well, again, 150 bucks if your team wins on FanDuel. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Again, it's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Sunday. The Jets fall to the Miami Dolphins 30 to nothing in Miami, a completely uncompetitive performance by the New York Jets. Uh, it, the Jets fall to five and nine on the season. And, you know, look, the defense played a terrible game. This was one of the worst defensive performances all season long for the New York Jets. I think you think about bad defensive performances for the Jets this year. You look at week two against the Dallas Cowboys. You look a few weeks back at Buffalo, and this might be the third really bad performance by the Jets. Uh, now, they were put in a bad position early on because the, the offense couldn't generate anything and kept giving the defense short fields. You know, when you talk about drive stall, you talk about Zach Wilson's early fumble, talk about the fake punts that did not work. They were put in a tough spot. I mean, the Dolphins were essentially handed 10 points early in this game, but the defense allowed a couple long drives, and they let this game get completely out of control. But still, I think you have to look to the offense. The offense just didn't give you anything. The offense had four yards in the first half. Four. Four yards in the first half. Needless to say, that's not going to get it done. And, you know, we talked about Zach Wilson fumbling. Look, that was really the only thing I can get on Zach for for this game because nobody showed up. There were receivers who did not make plays that were there to be made. I mean, there a couple times early in the game, one on one pass to Xavier Gibson, one pass to Tyler Conklin, where there's a play to be made and they don't come up with the ball. But the biggest issue was the offensive line. And I know it's easy to get hyperbolic about this. I know we have a short memory on stuff like this. I know sometimes we always say we always want to say the latest thing was the worst. But man, I cannot remember many offensive line performances worse than this. This was a I I, I said it earlier earlier on the show i'll say it again i'm not sure i'm going to go back and watch the film and see a single play where the jets blocked the play as it was supposed to be executed it's unbelievable how bad the performance was and i understand to a degree that you know you're dealing with a lot of backup offensive linemen jets have to throw another offensive line combination out there that's 11 this year uh, that's tough to do but you know you can only blame so much on the offensive line because uh, or the injuries on the offensive line because you know a guy who's playing really poorly that's Makai Becton. That's a guy who was a first-round pick three years ago. It's a guy who the Jets were counting on to be a starter of the season. So you can't say it's backups. You can't say it's all backups. When Makai Becton's going out there, Bradley Chubb's getting three sacks. I mean, how many times did you see Becton just completely whiff on an assignment? How many times was he slow out of his stance? And at some point, I think you just have to say, you know what? This isn't working. Maybe Makai Becton's not good enough. Um, and you know, all game long, I mean, the Jets couldn't pick up the simplest of blitz packages. I mean, they were in the wrong protections a bunch, but a lot of times it's just like there's no communication. Understandable to a degree, but not like this. I mean, the Jets have had bad breaks on the offensive line this year, but they're not the first offensive line that's ever had to shuffle guys in and out every week. I've, you don't see it happen like this. And I think you also have to go back to Nathaniel Hackett because you're watching Miami. On offense, this game's a good example because you've got Mike McDaniel, who's one of the better offensive minds in football, coordinating the Miami offense. How many times did Tua Takavailoa have an easy high percentage throw make that was pretty much just by design because the Dolphins are using motion to get one of their guys good leverage on the fly where they're timing it up so that it's just like a wide open check down for Tua? How many times did the Jets do that? How does Garrett Wilson go through an entire first half where the Jets, Jets generate, generate four yards in the first half? So when your offense is struggling, do you think maybe it's a good idea to try and involve your best wide receiver? Garrett Wilson doesn't get a target in the first half. How does that happen? If Mike McDaniel was running the Jets offense, do you think they may have thrown him a screen or something like that? Do you think they may have just figured out a way to get him the ball, get the ball in his hands? And I'm not suggesting that like, that would have got, that would have turned the Jets offense from a catastrophe from being shut out into, you know, an offense that could put up 30 in a game, but you know, is this offense getting the most it could possibly get out of these players? The answer pretty clearly is no. And that's that's on Nathaniel Hackett. The offensive line's on Joe Douglas. The quarterback plays 
you know, you know, the quarterbacks that are out there, you know, Trevor Simeon comes in and is no better. He doesn't improve anything. And just a couple of, a couple of interceptions he threw, it just kind of felt like he was throwing it up for grabs because he didn't want to take a hit and tough to blame him because of all the hits these guys took. Zach Wilson left the game at halftime. You know, I don't know what the Jets in explanation was. Originally they made it sound like he was dehydrated. Then they made it sound like he's injured. He left the game early. He went to the tent. They said he didn't have a concussion and then he goes back in and then he leaves. Tough to figure out what was going on there, but, Nothing's going on. I mean, nothing Nothing good is happening for the Jets. And the coach isn't even like trying to involve his best playmaker in the game. You're telling me if Mike McDaniel wasn't the coach of the Jets, they wouldn't have like, run one of those like Garrett Wilson motions and just dumped them the ball. Maybe that would have gotten them into the flow of the game. Maybe that would have gotten the offense a little bit of momentum. It's tough to do. It's tough to move the ball when your offensive line can't block. It's tough to move the ball when your receivers aren't making plays. It's tough to move the ball when your coordinator is calling a game like this tough to win a game when nobody's playing well. I mean, this was a game where nobody really showed up for the Jets. I mean, maybe you can find a player or two who, who did okay, but this was this was about as bad of a performance as you can get. And it, again, it's pretty much undone all the goodwill that came from last week's win over the Houston Texans. We're in for another long week, and I'm happy to join you on this week. It's a holiday week, so we'll at least have a little bit of joy, not so much about the Jets' performance. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Jets, we will – you have a fuller breakdown of this game and what it means going forward, but that's all for this episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast, or give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Sunday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.